HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Cloud Ride, the first vape juice with flavors created by a James Beard award-winning chef. For more information, visit cloudridevapor.com. This is Chef Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The in that rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Southern Teague. And we have a couple of very, very busy people in the studio today. Um, we've got a lot to talk about, so we should just jump right into it. Welcome to the show, Martin and Rebecca Kate. Aloha. Good yeah. to be here. Aloha. So, you. okay, you guys are in town. Because promoting. you're running all over the, the country. Yeah. You going out of country with this tour? Uh, in fact, yes. Sunday we're going to Toronto and then uh, we've got to, out of country. It's close. <laughs> well, then we have uh, more legitimately out of country, uh, London and Athens coming Athens, up. Yeah. Wow. Touring your new book, Smuggler's Cove. Yeah. Indeed. Smuggler's Cove, exotic cocktails, rum, and the cult of tiki. To be long and tedious about it, <laughs> you always have to have that, that extra bit. Got to have the subtitle. Yeah, yeah man. Um, so I, I've uh, gotten to check out the book uh, recently. Uh, it's it's really cool, man. Um, it's 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 speaking of lengthy. It is a big book, man. It's a tome. It's Dense. a tome. Yes. You were yes. saying before the show that you could uh, crush your ice with it. You can use, yeah, absolutely. If you don't if you don't like to book, you can tenderize chicken breast with it. Anything, you know, it's three pounds of that's ten bucks a pound. That's real value in, in reading. Um, yeah, we we had been, um, you know, the idea that had. Begun as you know, more typical cocktail book. In other words, just doing glamour shots and our recipes and how we do them. But we wanted to expand it to really talk about how tiki. Try to put tiki in the in the complete context of the Polynesian pop movement and how it's all about. Uh, it's not just the drinks; it's the art, it's the music, it's the sculpture, it's all the elements that come together to create the experience. So we want to talk about that. Of course, we did the drinks. Of course, we did the recipes. But we all and we also wanted to talk about rum and uh, and how to better understand an incredibly complex and diverse spirit that unfortunately is kind of uh, opaque uh, to most consumers. It just isn't, uh, there's nothing, most rum bottles don't convey their value or anything, really any good information at all sure. about what's in the bottle. <laughs> well, yeah, rum's kind of the, it's the, outlaw. the wild west of spirits. Yeah. Absolutely. It's made everywhere. There's all kinds of 
styles, and there's no real rules. Well, there's some, but they're not always enforced. Right, right. <laughs> and that's the problem. And that's the, the Wild West co- part. And yes. different countries enforce them differently, which adds to the confusion. Yep. So. Yep. So that's so so you know we unfortunately everyone's kind of notion of rum is gold white dark which doesn't really mean anything so we really wanted to try to get people to understand it from a production based standpoint rather than just these sort of outdated terms I mean you pick up a bottle of single malt scotch you know what it is it's very clear as what the product is and rum can be a little trickier that way sure and they like well speaking of scotch scotch and rum tend to be like the most diverse spirits out there you know like they they really change a lot um, from one to the other. So when, before before you got into before you opened Smugglers and, and the other bars, you guys have you have five bars now. Yep. Um, were you were you collecting rums and, and like would, would, did this we, start as like were you living the tiki lifestyle yeah. already? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Like the Desmonds. We, we, <laughs> <laughs> we yeah we we built our first home tiki bar in '99. Oh cool. And um, we uh, that's where this madness all began is trying to figure out these drinks trying to find recipes where you could either, you know, old books or Jeff's books. And we'd, you'd pick them apart and then you'd say, okay, well, this recipe sounds great. Um, let's see. It calls for shoot four rums and okay. They're all <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to go shopping and you go down to the liquor store and you come back and you're shaking because how light your wallet suddenly is. You're like, I just dropped $200. Well, on this me. is even if you could find the rum. Yeah. Question. Or even knew what you were looking for. Especially, which... you know, 15, 16 years ago, but we would come back and then you'd make the drink and say, Oh, this is terrific. I really like this drink, but why did I have to buy four rums? Where did that come from? And so that's where you kind of start going down that route rabbit hole saying they taste all those rums by themselves you're like these are completely different i wouldn't even put these in the same you know if i was blind tasting i might even consider these the same spirit category sure sure. so that's where you start falling down this rabbit hole why why does it taste this way where was it made and and how did it end up like this and that's that's a fascinating story to me i think like the thing with rum to me it's i always said it's like it rum is a spirit for collectors Mm-hmm. You know, because you have to have so many different ones to to pull up these drinks, right? right? So, like in your travels, you know, like getting like Cuban rums and things like that. You know, like just finding something weird from like India, you know, or like sure. you know, just crazy stuff. Um, so that that's what it kind of like brought me into rum because I'm I am a collector of many things. Um, Not me, pal. <laughs> I'm so a consumer. Yeah, I buy it, I drink it. That's how it, it works. Is, it is better to drink it than to look at it. Well, I mean, like the thing, that got, the other thing, really, that got me. First of all, into tiki um, when I was a kid, um, it was all, it was aesthetic, you know, like uh, the mugs and like the decor and everything and like mid-century modernism, which is why tiki Adam Colesar, like he, uh, tiki Adam. <laughs> he, he was straight edge until he was 37. Yeah. He never drank. And the whole reason why he got into it is because of the, the kind of like design. It's elements. everything outside the glass. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think, I think that's. Frankly, as a guy who you guys know me well enough to know that I don't drink a lot of sweet drinks and I rarely ever touch juice, I think that that's the part of tiki that I like. I like the immersive, and we've been talking about it on the show recently as yeah. well. Like it's that experiential; the whole room is into it with you because the room itself is is into it. Yeah, and that's uh, what you guys build, right? Yeah, absolutely. We really like escapist environments that celebrate the heritage and work with the artists that are in this community. I've been working, you know, in this community in this uh, in this uh, in this milieu for 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 decades. Um, and it is, you're right, when, when kids find this stuff, it's oftentimes because it's certainly, at least 
kids of a certain generation whose parents might have taken him to a tiki bar back when they were still around, wherever, anywhere in the United States when there were still these places. Mm-hmm. And it kind of puts that lasting imprint on you. You know, you're maybe you're eight years old and it's your first trip to the to the Maikai or something like that, and you see this place and it's just magic to you as a kid. I mean, it's absolutely you know yeah, amazing to you. It's the kind of the same, you know, all that kind of wonderful over the top mid century design. We loved, you know, Americans loved themed restaurants in mid century America. We loved, we had our, you know, had your ye olde British chop house themes and your sure. German, <laughs> your Swiss ski lodge themes and your German brat houses and your tiki bars. And, and everybody liked that because it was like a cultural experience. It was like taking a little, you know, kind of a, a casual Medieval cultural. Times. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Right. Benihana. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Benihana, right? So, but it was this kind of, and it all, it all really, once that kind of fell out of favor, once all those, places got torn down um people now just eat in very you know kind of more austere dining experiences sure. more modernist more sleek restaurants and all that style and escapism is now kind of relegated to to theme parks so that's really where a lot of kids today are going to experience that sort of fantasy is to go mm. into a disneyland or something like that yeah. and see that now unfortunately not as much as restaurants also because we don't let Kids into ours, they're never gonna, they're never gonna be inspired. Probably they'll go to, they'll go to it's a small world or whatever, and they'll yeah. get well, their, get their commemorative plastic mug, and then they'll grow up and say, yeah, yeah. I did that. I want to say on behalf of uh, probably the majority of us, thank you for not letting kids in your bar. Yeah. <laughs> we we considered a, a resolutely adult experience. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I live my life that way. I try and go nowhere where there are children. <laughs> I think it's really interesting though what you were saying. Like we did go through a period, and I think so. So you're saying like sleek, like modern, like really like mm-hmm. clean, like designs for bars. I mean, like uh, bars and restaurants, you know, because the the chef would want like want it to be all about the food. food. Absolutely, yeah. focus and on the plate. Absolutely, like when you go to tourist in 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 uh, Greenpoint, the beer bar, it's yeah. just sleek. Yeah, and it's like all about what's in the glass. Right. Yeah. Right. But I think like, and we were we've talked about this recently too about like how we had to go through that asshole phase over the yep. past ten years of like the vest and tie. And it was to, to think, teach yeah. people like what we were doing, and now like we're absolutely we have been for a, a little bit. I'm happy to say able to like relax, wear Aloha shirts, and, right. you know. And, uh, and, and wore my favorite one for you today, the one you, the one you made relentless fun of a few weeks ago. I did not. <laughs> did I? With the postcards. Only in love, I'm sure. I only, only made I only made fun of you because it's like you know like the the imagery of like the the. Like morning drive radio host with a Hawaiian shirt, yeah. you know, like in a, a big cup of coffee and being good wacky. morning Heritage Radio Network listeners. Back to back to back hits. <laughs> we need a sound effects box in here. He's got one out there. Yeah. Where are you at, Pierre? <laughs> Goal. Oh, man. That um, was good. Um, but yeah, so I feel like in that same kind of vein, I guess there are those places that I remember as a kid. I mean, I'm. 46. So I definitely remember going to those kind of places that had like, I especially remember the the Buddha mug with his hands up in the air. Yeah, yeah. Just white ceramic. Very popular Benny Hunt. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, that was the thing. Yeah. I remember, you know. And you wanted to those. drink out of that. Oh, so man, you bad. had to have it. Didn't matter what was in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't care. It's motor oil. Perfect temples. It's fine. blue. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah exactly. whatever. <laughs> Ten cherries and an orange wedge. Good. <laughs> totally, man. <laughs> but then that made me, you know, have that curiosity for those kind of things as an adult. I want to go see, like, this is how do adults do this? Yeah. You know, I was with adults when, but they were absolutely 100% not paying attention to me. 
you know, because I was they were trying to have a good time and I was just a <laughs> right. nuisance. Yeah. Or you were at least happily distracted. Yeah, with that right. with that mug and all those cherries. Right. Put the guy in the Buddha mug; he'll be okay. He can we can talk for twenty minutes without him interrupting. Yeah. <laughs> you should tell your Zanzibar story. So. Well, that's a, yeah, it's all in the beginning of the book, but it's uh, this was where it hit for me. There was a restaurant, a tropical themed restaurant in Santa Cruz that when we, my parents and I would visit. Um, and it was called Zanzibar, and it was fun to say. And, um, still is. Still is. <laughs> and uh, we would go, and I would always ask my parents, like, can we go to Zanzibar? Can we go? Come on, Mom, 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 Zanzibar. <laughs> and, they would, and they would say, oh, you know, fine. And they'd kind of roll their eyes and go, because I always wanted to go because they had this fruit salad. And for, it was served in a giant conch shell, so it was all these pieces of fruit. You're probably straight out of a can. Who cared, right? It was, you know, the 70s. And all this, and all this uh, you know, fruit would be spilling out of this big... Like, like a know, horn of plenty. Nep- <laughs> Neptune's own bounty. And uh, I, yeah. I, I just, uh, and I loved it. And you know, I probably, you know, I probably like, picked at it because I didn't really want to eat fruit salad. But I just loved the way it looked. The presentation, the presentation, right. the, experience, the experience, dining as experience. And I think uh, it was, uh, you know, that definitely planted a seed in me. Totally stayed with me. And it was the, uh, I just, I just wish, you know, it's kind of fun that places are doing that again because we're starting to, you know, it was just like, hey, actually, you know, this is actually fun. If we, when we share a scorpion bowl together, it's fun. It's engaging. It's social. We've, you can't really drink, you can't all lean in with long straws in a scorpion bowl and check your email. You know, put the damn phones yeah, down, seriously. talk <laughs> yeah, to your yeah. friends, make eye contact, guess who's going to put the most spit in the bowl. <laughs> Stuff like that, you know. It's yeah. going to drink the fastest. Just Yeah, exactly. Then, yeah. <laughs> He's had three beers on the show already. We've been live for ten minutes. Hey, my half day off. <laughs> so it's a, um, you know, I think it, it, people really, people love, and I, we love to provide that social experience, and that's why you know, we try not to encourage phones. We have no televisions. We have no video games. We have no distractions in there. Distractions. The Wi-Fi actually barely works if barely. it does. <laughs> yeah, barely works. And people are like, oh, you don't, don't have Wi-Fi in here? I'm like, no, it's 1958, man. There's no Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's, what's, what's Wi-Fi? Talk what's to your weepy? friends. <laughs> yeah. Was that a small island? Of a <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. There we go. The weepy, t- weepy tiki drink. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's, you know, that coupled, and you guys, were, you were mentioning about the, the modernism. The other thing that comes with that whole, exactly, you're exactly right what you said about the, I just want you to look at the food. The other thing that tends to go along with that is is kind of putting you in small tables, super close together, hard seating surfaces. It's loud. It's crowded. It's designed to turn. You know, it's designed to get yeah. people out of there. Yeah. It's like, thanks for coming in. You know, we yeah. got to we got to we got to turn this table. Eat up, Instagram your food, and get out. Yeah. You know, that's the that's and so when I build these new places now, I'm always you know my f- focus is all on comfort, which is probably not the most business minded thing because people don't leave. But Whitechapel in particular is just upholstered to the ends of the earth. You know, we padded every surface. It's, it looks beautiful, man. Thank you very much. It's we're really really proud of how it came out. But it's you know it, it's but it's it is specifically designed to be really comfortable. comfortable you know, and that's what I, I just I think that's kind of missing. I wish. People, you know, spent. I think it's you know, eating out is kind of a treat. It's your friends and your family, yeah. and you should I feel be terrible. A, you I, did, be I did the thing. exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I remove stools from the room as the night goes on. <laughs> I don't want anybody sitting down. It's musical oh, chairs. It's musical. I do. I, I start with six, and by by eight o'clock, there's zero. Well, we do pull a few. We do pull a few bar stools at Smuggler's Cove on Friday, Friday and Saturday because we just got to have more access to the bartenders and just. Keep it moving because yeah. it's too crowded. But how long has Smuggler's Smuggler Cove been around now? We turned seven in December. Oh wow! Congrats. Coming up, yeah. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, going strong, no complaints. It's a great team. We're very fortunate to have virtually zilch for turnover. And also, not only are they are they 
still there and, and fast and happy, but they're all, I'm sorry guys, but if you're listening, but they're all very old. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but so it's, it's kind of all the more remarkable that they're keeping up the pace, um, in their, uh, in their later years, <laughs> they're not that. No, they're the same as age as me, so I can say it. But it's, <laughs> but it's, um, you know, it, it is pretty impressive. But it's also, it's guys who said, this isn't a bartending isn't a, a step to somewhere else. It's this is their yeah. passion. What this I is, want to yeah, do this, for my this is what they want to do for the rest of their lives, and yeah. they're you know dedicated to being as good as possible at it. So, you know, it's not I, you know, well, well you'll, I'll be in a play this week if you come down. And, bring two of your friends um it's it's uh you know it's uh, it's it's real passion for the for the profession i i've only gotten to go to smugglers once and it was on my birthday a couple of years ago i was in town my twin brother lives in san francisco and uh twinsmas we're out, out on twinsmas i don't think he i don't think he made it that night um <laughs> but it was late and Smuggers was your last stop. It was the last and stop. And you don't remember anything. <laughs> no, I remember. I remember. Is this a story you've heard before, Mark? Yeah, yeah, that's how it always goes. We, you we gave... beg people to come first. <laughs> Please don't make us your clothes out. <laughs> you, uh, you gave me a rum barrel. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Nice. And, uh, and yeah, I was going to bring it today and have you autograph it, but uh, <laughs> I'll be back. I totally forgot. I'll be back. We're... We're uh, we're been we've been terrible, frankly, Rebecca and I, about uh, visits to New York and haven't done it nearly enough. So it's always uh, we well, gotta start. To, I can't even imagine like it, how much it changes on a daily basis. Oh yeah, to come oh, back it's and, impossible. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. Possible, well, and that's and that's one of the things you have to just get to that resignation point. Like, oh, we're gonna get all these. No, no. no. just just <laughs> choose pick, a few and don't get don't get bent, you know bent out of shape if you can't make all the bars you wanted to. Just just come more often. That's the better yeah. answer. <laughs> no, it's kind of crazy too. Like we're at a point now in New York City where we are kind of in limbo with with tiki bars we don't really have anything that's just straight up like i mean like uh, as far as like a modern tiki bar Mm -hmm. we've got like jade island on long island right right right. uh, the place in uh, astoria what's it called uh king yums oh yeah 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 and then there's one in like ridgewood yeah these old school tiki joints yeah it's no no no, like modern ones right now we got cienfuegos is rum focused but it's not tiki yeah but the, the cool thing is like without even without having like uh, a, a mass amount of like of tiki bars here now, what's cool is you can go to a lot of the classic cocktail bars and get like really amazing tiki drinks. Yeah, you come to my bar at Grand Army and like we do tiki drinks all the time. You know? Yeah, we always yeah. have them on the menu, but it's like it's really cool to see that like even in a place like like Maison Premier, you know, like you can get like a Bronca really, Colada or like yeah, at Donna. <laughs> yeah, the what started at Maison. Yeah. When when, Nat- when Natasha was over there, that's where that's where it came from. I think that's that's one of the great. Uh, mother of pearl. Let's don't forget, <laughs> sure, Polynesian yeah. vegan tiki, amazing. <laughs> the vegan, I love that. Yeah, the, the you um, know, I was skeptical at first, man. Yeah. When we switched over on Valentine's Day, we made the switch. Yeah, and we have the numbers have it's ridiculous. Wow, like I, I'm super happy with what's happening. Now. Good, good. The, you know, it's um, I think um, in some respects, there's kind of a. Um, Sometimes there's a, a kind of a cultural break in terms of time. And one of the things that happened in, in New York is is that most of the places were gone. Um, oh, you know, it would be bereft if we didn't mention Auto Shrunken Head, which oh, did get which did get a, right. a which was early into the into the game. Um, I, I go see punk shows there all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's I, still, I almost exclusively drink Suffering Bastards. I had a there. guitar stolen from playing. From <laughs> oh, you told me that story. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> but there's this, there's you know, in a lot of the places where new places have opened that are really, uh, you know, really tiki focused, it tends to be in towns where tiki never went kind of a hundred percent away. Um, 
Los Angeles, San Francisco, Portland, Chicago, San Diego. These are all cities where they all still had uh, moving, thriving, historic tiki bars. And really outside of, you know, say Jade Island, and, but in, in Manhattan, they were all gone. And there used to be, there were never really a lot in Manhattan. There were a handful that were big and very good, but it never had the intensity of Chicago, Chicago, which had yeah. tons, yeah. or certainly Los Angeles, of course. Ohio had a ton of tiki bars. Yeah, Ohio yeah. was great. Ohio, the further you get from the water, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And they're almost more satisfying Novelty. that way. Like one of the biggest, best tiki bars was in um, Columbus. Was called the Kahiki, uh, and huge, giant A-frame building, and, and filled with fish tanks, and you know. But it's all the more. It's all the more charming in a lot of ways the further you are from the South Pacific and the further you are from warmer climes, period, because it's, you know, nothing's more special than, you know, a February in Columbus, right? I mean, it's got to be, you know, freezing <laughs> and cold. And here's this place mm-hmm. where the An torches are lit oasis, out front. Yeah. It's a literal oasis. You walk in, it's warm, it's dusk, there's a tropical drink, there's a big poo poo platter. I mean, it's you know it feels like an absolute haven in the middle of a, you know, a cold Midwest sure, winter. So it's transportive. It's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for, you know, great tiki bars in L.A., but, you know, L.A. looks, you know, it's, there's palm trees and sunshine <laughs> Leave every, the palm day, tree and every day of the year. So it's, it's not, vacation without leaving your town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's that, That's that. you know, and that's what was so special when there were tiki bars back in the 50s and 60s on every corner. It was that perfect escape. You could say, you know, God, I got this terrible job at the industrial solvents plant, you know, and you're, you're trudging <laughs> home. You know, you don't want to go home just yet. You're just like, you know, but if I just take one right. Drink some non-industrial solvents. There's a bunch of screaming. <laughs> kids at home and you know, I don't want to go there just yet. I just need a little something to be loosen the tie, you know? So you just you take that one right turn instead of that one left turn and you find that corner tiki bar and you come in and you can just feel that. That's what we love. It says, I want to just feel that stress just fall off your yeah. shoulders and just take a deep breath and just hold that nice cold drink in your hand and just forget about it for a few minutes. Forget about your boss. Forget about your day. I mean, that's what, I mean, that's what we all do. You know, we're all yeah. in hospitality to help you forget about your night to five. <laughs> it's like, yeah. come drink your troubles away, right? Yeah, man. So I've got the meds. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly right. Well, that seems like a good time to take a break. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before Speaking we go to break, break real fast, though, I do want to mention that today uh, at 7 o'clock at the 92nd Street Y, you're doing uh, a quick talk and then a book signing of your book, Smugglers Code, which we've been talking about. Yep, indeed. Looking forward to it. So 7 p.m., 92nd Street Y. If you're listening, make your way up that way. And then we're going to take a break now. Yep, let's do it. Yeah. We'll be back in just a moment. Cheers. Music for this commercial break is brought to you by Rectech, And this one is called Torchlight.
This show is brought to you this week and has been for a few weeks by CloudRide Vapor. Um, so these guys are making these different flavors for uh, e-cigarettes. And, uh, man, so there I was telling you before the show, I, like, went down the rabbit hole last night watching all these, like, oh my vape competitions. Yeah, it's... You know about these, right? It is. Well, yeah, when we first got this thing and I went and bought the vape pen, I had to look at some videos just to see how to use it. And those videos that pop up of the competition vape... It's like a big deal, man. Smoke blowing, whatever. It's crazy. It's crazy. It like makes like it's, me, it's very hypnotizing. If I didn't even smoke, I would kind of want to do just to like fuck around with the uh, like the smoke rings and all the crazy shit they do. Anyway, so there are all these different flavors that are created by James Bird, award-winning chef, tested by scientists. And uh, yeah, check them out, CloudRideVapor.com, and uh, you can get twenty percent off your purchase by using the code Speak when you go to their website. Check them out, CloudRideVapor. You're listening to the Speakeasy, and in the studio today we have Rebecca and Martin Kate from Smuggler's Cove, amongst other places. They just gave me during the break gave me this really, really amazing tiki mug. Beautiful. Thanks so much. This is you're welcome. Badass. It's the it's the one on the cover of the book, right? Yep. It's beautiful. Oh, man. What what is this guy? Does he have a name? He, we call him Kuhiko. It's kind of a fusion of um, uh, he's a coup. He's a traditional coup design, Hawaiian coup, and uh, uh, it's a uh, the, and the word Kahiko means um, old. In uh, Hawaiian, so we sort of sort of uh, made up our own word, kuhiko. And designed kuhiko. by Crazy Al Evans. Design, exactly, thank California you. California artist. Yep, based on a, a, a traditional coup that's actually in the Bishop Museum in Honolulu. Wow, dude, this is amazing. Kind of looks like Predator. It's <laughs> <laughs> got the headdress, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you sell these at the bar? We do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool, We man. have a couple different editions of glazes and things. Uh, folks love to collect all the different glazes and things. Yeah. We, we've sent a few thousand out the door. We'll have to take a photo and put that on the website so people can see what we're talking about or just go by Smuggler, Smuggler's Go. It's on the book. Yeah, and <laughs> oh, cover, the book, cover the book. Pick up your yeah. book and look at the cover. Right. Pick up your three-pound tome. If you can. Right. Yeah. If you can pick lift it. it. You can do curls with yeah. it. Well, I was just going to say that's great. Yeah, do it repeatedly. Uh, Fifteen every morning and you know, start building up your body strength with it. One thing that we talked about before and uh, the first half of the show was... Uh, the, the focus on like rum, but what one cool thing that uh, that I noticed about the book is that, and it kind of reminds me of reading like the old 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 books, like where it would just be like I don't know, white Puerto Rican rum, you know, yeah. you you haven't gone brand specific, but you've listed in each of these categories like Jamaican gold or black rum or dark rum or agricole, you know, like mm-hmm. you've done the work to put like uh, there's like a key. Yes, if you yeah. would like to like reference like all these different things that fall in uh, all this nomenclature that, that means nothing, you've categorized it so that it makes sense. Yeah, oh, yeah. You've, you've listed brands like all the brands that you you like that fit in those categories. So like you you actually get to essentially choose your own adventure. Yep, and yeah, which absolutely. that's what the coolest thing about Tiki too is like like there are so many like there's always the, the saying like what one rum can do, three can do better. Or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those mm-hmm. yeah. But you've you've allowed the the reader to essentially do what we do at like when we're at home or at the bar and mess around with different combinations of rums and just make made it very simple that way right so that even really a cool. pat- particular um style category within that category yeah you have you might have 20 30 brands and so they're all going to be 
different, and that's great. So play around with it, um, and it's sort of a guide. This is the style that's going to work in the drink, but even within that, you're going to get all kinds of variety. And we encourage um, the reader, uh, drinker, <laughs> to label all their bottles um, with the category number, so then you can just really play really uh, fast. So. Yeah. Um, there's really no way around it. You know, there's no real way around you know making um, you know buying a lot of rums to make uh, exotic cocktails. It's just, but what we tried to do is keep it as tight as we could. I mean, you can make almost everything in the book with six rums, and you can put those six, and you can choose from any number. Like say, category number four has 15 varieties to choose from. You pick the six you really love from those categories. Label the next of them, and then you can just fast read down there. Okay, this one calls for an ounce and a half of number four. Boom, you know, and you can just, you can make it, uh, you can even, we've had people do, you know, colored rubber bands or colored electrical tape around the neck so you can color code it, keep it fast. Guy just sent me a picture the other day. He was, he had it printed out. He had his list, his categories printed out. He was at the liquor store and he was like doing his category shopping. I love it. It just makes me so happy that people are, are into that because I get, we get a lot of emails about people saying, this is great. Now I really finally know what I'm reaching for and why I'm reaching for it. Isn't so. that, isn't that how like Don the Beachcomber and Trader Vic did back in the day? We yeah, just had, number like, coding, un- yeah. Unlabeled bottles or like labeled, but on un- Mystique. Un- everything. Right, absolutely. absolutely. Everything behind Don's bar was so the syrups, the juices, the rums, they were all encoded and numbered bottles. Don's mix, Don's spices. Exactly like, right. Number two, number, number four. four. whatever. All that. It was all about, you know, so that a rival bartender couldn't poach, I mean, rival bar owner, rather, couldn't poach his bartenders. Right. You say, hey, you know, I make zombie sure It's one part of spices, number two, or one part, you know, this and that. And so that was kind of the genius. But it's also the double-edged sword. It's terribly clever, but it was also one of the reasons we... We lost all the recipes, right? We lost all the damn recipes. And then Barry had to go and, like... You crack know. the code. Exactly. It's, uh, it was Barry, Jeff, Jeff Barry, Barry that, yeah. that kind of oh, yeah, that absolutely. for everybody, right? It was my one of my favorite quotes is the uh, rum writer, uh, Wayne Curtis, who introduced Jeff once at a Tales talk by saying, if you were a bartender in the heyday of Tiki and you're on your deathbed, the last face you might see <laughs> before you draw your last breath is Jeff Barry leaning over you with a pen and a p- paper saying, so what the heck was in mix number four? You know? Tell then, me, tell me. So, but, you know, he, was, he did a, an amazing job of tracking all that stuff down, finding the old companies that made the syrups and made the mixes and things and, you know, talking to descendants and everything else. I mean, it's, it's something we mention in the book when we talk about Jeff's work because it's, it's so, it wasn't just, oh, I found old recipes. He found old recipes, but that was just the first part. The second part was figuring out, like, imagine, imagine if uh, you know you found first first person to find the Bon Vivant's companion, but it didn't tell you what anything was. It sure. just had numbers <laughs> right. and codes. Right. Where would you even begin? Yeah. Right. So that's that's what's so impressive about it. Yeah, it's well, you know, like I said before, like this, the tiki drinks and and rum. I mean, like all together, there. It's you have to be. You have to have that collectors like mentality you have to you have to explore investigative journalist yeah it, <laughs> right. it, 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 deep. it rewards the obsessive yeah no question sure. <laughs> as does our rum club <laughs> as does our rum club you know we have a lot of members who are drinking their way through and they love keeping track we built over a course of a couple of years we built this terrific app it's not really an app it's a mobile website but a way to go on and track your progress and you can see your totals and you can see what's next it allows you to keep a 
notes. Uh, allows you to keep notes. Yeah, you can give yourself, okay. you know, whatever your own personal rating system is. You can apply it to the rum. You know, if you maybe stars. What's, what's the what's the site called? Well, you have to come to Smugglers, and you have to drink your way through twenty. Uh, educational chapters, and then we give you the URL. Wow! <laughs> a, a company, a company called Beveger, um, company has called, helped yeah. us immensely uh, run this. So. Yeah, wow. yeah. We there's this company cool. called Beveger that does um, that does an inventory management control um, software for bars, and we, and we said, uh, yeah, you're you, the right people. You're the to right do people this. for to help us with this project. We used to do it on paper and keep all everybody's paper, everybody's booklets at behind the, the bar. bar. Yeah. yeah, well, what is it? Rumble has that map, right? You know, the Rumble's map. got the yeah. map, yeah. Which, uh, where you go through the map. And do they hold the map? They keep the map. Yeah, they keep the map. I was about to say, I would lose that thing. Yeah, so. But we've put this this checklist club into place at Whitechapel for our gin club, and we're about to put it in place at False Idol, and we'll probably add it to Holly Paley next year. So False Idol is a new one in San Diego. Spanking new. That's awesome. I yeah. saw uh, saw some photos of the interior. It looks incredible, man. We really we really went all the way. <laughs> you on did, it. man. And, and we were able to work with some terrific artists, including uh, a guy who is a real tiki pioneer. In fact, he was the first person to ever actually make and commercially sell tiki mugs again after you know all these years. His name's Bosco, and he is mm-hmm. a lives near San Diego and was a was an art school student with uh, Mark Ryden and just a terrific artist and, and has spent years and years studying traditional Polynesian arts and he did and he did uh, just we said well can we get some Bosco pieces in here sure well we'll put a couple on the wall how many well no let's just make the wall out of Bosco so it is it un you know an, an unbroken wall of carving like every inch of this thing is carved and we take he would carve these big panels make them look like a traditional design or a modern California influenced design um distress him, paint him, they bury him in his backyard. Just bury him in the dirt for a month and a half to let him really get this kind of nice age to him. Take it back out, scrape some of the paint, all the dirt off, put a little seal on it, and put him up. You want to make, and then and then my buddy Notch, who built Smuggler's Cove and built Whitechapel, he went down there, he just lived in a hotel down the street for about a month and a half, and he just put it all together, and he puts all this top up and bamboo and and thatch and, and there's the floats are ridiculous. There's 450 glass floats in the place. It's oh insane. <laughs> and uh, but he puts it all up and he gives it this wonderful treatment and this patina to it. You know, he goes through and he basically hand treats everything. It's like our joke is, but it's not really a joke. Is we want these bars to look like people smoked in them for 40 years. Yeah, I want to have this wow. nice kind of yeah. this kind of amber haze. You know, on everything. Cool. If you ever go to the Tiki Tea in, yeah. in, in Los Angeles, just say, man. that's because somebody did smoke in there for 50. <laughs> they still over, do. Not anymore. Uh, yeah, oh, they just, just stopped. Did, yeah. They just oh, stopped. Wow. They had to hire an employee. The first ever employee ever after 52 years, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, because, uh, you know, they're starting to slow down and need a little help. And once you have an employee in California, you have to stop the smoking. It was always just a loophole. Because they were all family. Yeah. Right. All yeah. owner. Yeah. Every employee, employee was, was an, an owner. owner. Mike. Yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike Jr., yeah. Mark. They all. Um, wow. In fact, they couldn't even. They couldn't even hire. They couldn't even hire a cleaning company to come the next day, outside of service hours. So they had to do all their own cleaning too. So they come in the next morning. They do all their own janitorial too. So they had to do every single thing themselves. Wow. Dedication to smoke. Absolutely. That's <laughs> yeah. that's a real Dedic- passion. Dedication to your audience who wants to smoke. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. My favorite thing about the TT. Well, outside of. Well, that's kind of a bummer because there was all those, like, you know, you'd see some, like, group of, like, Samoan dudes just, like, smoking cigars Cigars, just, like, drinking zombies like crazy. But watching them make drinks, they would use a jigger, but they would just 
pour, and then it got to like two ounces, and they would just let it overflow for about three more ounces. Yeah, yeah. Just over the jigger, <laughs> just falling into the mixing glass. It's kind of a it's kind of a modified version of the uh, it's a it's a it's a, a booze liberal version of the of the sort of traditional Trader Vic's jigger serve, which is a kind of a complex way to start to fill your jigger until it's by three quarters of where you want it to be, then tip the jigger with a little flick of the finger. And while still pouring, while still pouring yeah. so it tops up just right. Our bartender, Melissa at Smuggler's Cove, uh, is an ex-Trader Vic's bartender, and she still does it. She's sort of the last. Fun to watch, It's hard to do, and she's kind of the last of the, she's kind of the last of the Mohicans, to use a, yeah, uh, cool. to use a cheeky tea expression. Um, <laughs> but it was a, uh, um, it, it's, it is fun in there, and I, I do love it. And, yeah, absolutely, it certainly made the customers happy. They loved having cigars and, and cigarettes in there. But, you know, the two kids, Mike's two kids, Mike Jr. and Mark, you know, when they were 22, they Sounded like this. Yeah. You, know, like, you know, you know, Dad, we're aging a little bit in here. I think. Yeah. Can we slow down on the smokes? Yeah. Oh man, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Um, then there's also a place like down the street from there called like Wacko, I think, and they they, they, yeah. serve, they sell all the Tiki Farm mugs, mm-hmm. and all, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's a great uh, bookstore and gallery. Uh, yeah. but the gallery called La Luz de Jesus and uh, Wacko and Soap Plant, I think, is the publishing arm of it. If I remember right remember. correctly, um, but terrific place. Yeah, great bookstores, great uh, ephemera and stuff. They have yeah. terrific gallery stuff. They had you know that's where Shag I think had his first show was in there. Yeah, and stuff like that. So, man. So okay. So back. Back to uh, the 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 book tour. Um, where, so tonight you've got uh, you've got the the Y on what is it ninety second Street ninety second Street Y, and then tomorrow you're going to be at Cienfuegos. Yes, Cienfuegos, Cienfuegos, yes. ninety five Avenue A upstairs. There we go. From five p.m. till seven ish. Yep. Two quick hours of book signing and rum drinking. Yep. We're gonna have some punch. Uh, there's a you can go to the Cienfuegos Facebook page. Um, and there's a link to buy tickets or just show up and buy a ticket when you get there. Either way. Yep. We've got tickets with or without book. So if you've got your book in hand, you can get the, you can get the uh, discounted just two drink ticket. Or you can get the right. ticket. Yeah, exactly. Or you can get the book and two drinks. Either way. Cool. Yeah. Either way, it's a steal. Yeah. And it's a great book. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's a really beautiful book, man. I, like, it, it, I was hanging out with the guys over at Clover Club, uh, Ryan Lanoia and Jelani, uh-huh. and they, they were just like, and they're both like really into tiki, like oh, yeah. hardcore about it. But they were <laughs> they were Cap- like corporal captain in the yeah. first mate. Yeah. In the first mate, yeah. <laughs> they were like it's like in the middle of brunch, and they're just like staring at your book. And I was like, "All right, guys, two things: one, it's busy in here. Give me the book. Yeah. I'm going to look at it. You work, and then yeah. I'll, I'll read it to you if that works. <laughs> <That's right>. uh, <laughs> story time with That's Damon right. Bolte. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a tiki bar. <laughs> I love it. It all started at Zanzibar. Yeah, it did. <laughs> that would have been a good title. It all yeah, started right. at it Zanzibar. It all started at Zanzibar. That's your, that, that's your memoir. That's your memoir. That's not a cocktail. Oh, <laughs> so go visit them at, if you're in the Bay Area, go to San Francisco, the, uh, sorry, Smuggler's Cove and Whitechapel. Yep. Uh, if you're in Portland, go to Halle Pele. Yep. yep. If you're in San Diego, go, go to, to False Idol. Idol. And if you're in Chicago, Lost, Lost Lake. Lake. You guys are killing it. You're doing Thank such you. a great job at reviving this this genre of drinks in such a really, really intensely, like, passionate way. Yeah, well, because people who love this, they don't just go to a tiki bar. They live the tiki lifestyle. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, like, absolutely. they dress the part. They 
they do the thing at all times. Yeah. The San Diego tiki community. I've never seen huge. Nicole Desmond without a flower in her hand. Oh no, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Ever. That is true. <laughs> so we're actually doing. We're actually third Thursday of every month. It's like uh, at uh, False Idol is dedicated to uh, is dedicated to the San Diego tiki folks down there. So they have a thing called SD Ohana. And we uh, and every, every third Thursday the place is going to be theirs from opening till I don't know a couple hours in, but they can have the place themselves and they're great. They've been super supportive and engaged. We had a sneak preview party just for them. I mean, there's 380 people on the San Diego Ohana Facebook page. It's, wow. it's it's a pretty it's a pretty big scene down there because that's another city where Tiki never went away. It was yeah. always still very. Uh, prominent in their architecture and things like that so well and all these uh, the lifestyle also they all a lot of them have these amazing home bars that are better than yeah. you know yeah. any Did commercial you bar you yeah know? you can get away with it's murder in them because they you know you can put all kinds of amazing rarities on the walls that would last three seconds in a commercial right. bar exactly. yeah. i mean so we've they're... seen some really incredible Same all thing. over the country but... all over the country that's one of our favorite things it's like you can just be driving down any street suburban housing tract every house looks the same but Behind that one garage, yeah, there is no a, there is a paradise. <laughs> just, it's hidden. They're, they're all hidden in there. You know, there's all, people all over America with these things. Yeah, and you know, it's just fun. Everyone wants to build their their own oasis, their own private escape. You know, if you live in a city without a tiki bar, you just you know what? Forget it. I want to have my own. I'm going to just have my little backyard paradise. You know, some guys will build a man cave or a sports bar, whatever. You know, it's all whatever makes you whatever brings you that joy. You know, um, it's that. Uh, but you know, so many people love it that just. Well, the new, the new book, Smuggler's Cove, would be a great guide to building that home bar. It has a chapter about such things. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yep. Nice. All right. Well, thanks again, Rebecca and Martin, for coming on the show today. It's been Thank you, guys. It's been a real pleasure. Us. I'm glad to see you in New York. Uh, I'll be seeing you out on the West Coast sooner than, than you can say that's aloha. That's right on. <laughs> well, I'll be in San Diego on November 1st. Oh, fantastic. Oh, I'll be at Polite Provisions. Oh, very cool. Oh, yeah. We're launching... I guess I can say it now. Scrappy's Bitters made uh, made a flavor just for us. It's called Polite Amore. Oh, oh nice. nice. So it's a coast-to-coast bitters. I'm not going to tell you the flavor. We're going to announce that later. <laughs> but it's a done deal. I've got Stay a bottle. Cool, Come man. check it out at the bar. I'll sneak you some. Cool. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it's been great, guys. Uh, and congratulations on the book. Congratulations on all the the success with your bars and with the new spot in San Diego. Uh, Lovely seeing you. Great. Thank, Thank you, so you so much. Yeah, thanks guys. for being and, here, guys. Uh, next time you're in New York, come back on the, the radio show. Will do. Absolutely. All right. That's it for the speakeasy this week. Until next week. So who do we have on next week? Next week will be uh, another book. We're doing a lot of books. Uh, next like week's going to be, yeah, we're, not exactly a month, but definitely four weeks in a row. We've got um, Brad Thomas Parsons next week from his new book, Amaro. He's very well known for writing the James Beard award-winning book, Bitters. And now he's got a book coming out called Amaro. He's our next week. And then yes. the following week is dear friend Robert O. Simonson from the New York Times, and he's going to be talking about his new book called A Proper Drink. Yeah. Of, of the old-fashioned book fame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, well, and yeah. I, have, I, I, I feel like his fame is more New York Times, but sure. <laughs> sure. He also wrote a little book <laughs> <laughs> that crushed it. Yeah. So that's it's a, it's With our publisher. So that's three books in a row, and I'm trying to line up a fourth book for the following week, which would be... Um, Kara Newman and her book, Shakespeare Sip, or Shakespeare, I can't remember, uh, but it's a, a, an entire book of equal parts cocktails. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It starts with uh, ch- the first chapter is two, the, third, the second chapter is three, four, and five, so nice. five part, five, but all equal, all equal parts. I, I missed my deadline on submitting my cocktail recipes. I know. Recipes. Everyone's heartbroken. <laughs> well, most, mostly you, but... <laughs> I, I love equal parts cocktails, man. Um, 
But anyway, so yeah, we've got an exciting month, and it's been really, it's been trying to get our book learning on. Yeah, <laughs> I got to learn how to read. <laughs> I know how to listen. Step one. Step one. <laughs> um, yeah, so check out uh, all the other shows we have on Heritage Radio Network. Until then, Damon and Souther, and that's it. Cheers, y'all. Cheers, guys. Thank you. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The blues groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.